This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Producer Jean here. As Sister mentioned at the end of the last episode, the ladies are taking the summer off from the podcast because all three of them are traveling pretty extensively and finding time for them to be able to produce something that is good and useful is hard to do during the summer months. But you are not going to be left without your three favorite coffee companions. Over the course of the summer, we have some bonus episodes. This is the first of those episodes. I did an interview with Heather Kim where you get a chance to get to know her a little better instead of just the information that comes up through the course of the conversation. These are more directed questions about her, her life, and her ministry. The interview is done in the style of My Life in Ministry. My Life in Ministry is another podcast where we interview people who do full-time ministry work. If you're interested in checking that podcast out, all you need to do is go to mylifeinministry.com. Over the course of the summer, it's really important that you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss these bonus episodes as they come floating out. Go to abidingtogetherpodcast.com, click on the link at the top where it says subscribe, and you will find your way for information on how to subscribe on Android devices, Apple devices, and all over the place. Enjoy my interview with Heather. So my name is Heather Kim, and I am from a town outside of Vancouver, BC called Abbotsford. They call it the city in the country because it's uh, we got a lot of farmland here and it's really pretty in the mountains. Um, we feel like we're really close to the city, but anybody in the city feels like we are in the boonies. So it's kind of one of those things. Um, I have a ministry with my husband that we started called Life Restoration, and th- that encompasses a whole bunch of different things that we do. So I feel like when people ask me what I I do. I, I'm like, I, I think I have eight jobs <laughs> all the time because there's so many different things that we do from uh, leading worship to speaking at conferences, uh, accompanying people, um, working in inner healing, and basically just trying to help people live the full life that God is offering to them and working through the stumbling blocks that, that hinder us in our journey. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a teacher uh, of some sort, and I also kind of wanted to fly jets. because we have this international air show um, in our city. And so every summer as a kid, we used to go to this air show and I thought that would be so cool to fly jets. And then of course, Top Gun came out and I was done for. That was just the best movie ever. Um, But yeah, the teaching thing stuck with me for a long time. And when I got into high school, I ended up taking an acting class, which I almost quit uh, because I'm such a shy person. But Thank goodness I didn't. And I had the most wonderful teacher and uh, ended up excelling in uh, drama throughout school. And so wanted to be an acting teacher for a long time. And then God got a hold of my heart and uh, and I realized that I wanted to bring those skill sets into the church. And so... Yeah, the idea of moving from that teaching into working in the church happened because I received so much from people who had ministered to me and brought the gospel to me. And once I had this personal experience with God and realized that it unlocked a whole different category in the way that I was able to live, I just had this deep desire to give the same thing to other people. 
I, I wanted to be able to, to offer what was offered to me, essentially, and uh, ended up going to Franciscan University and studying theology and catechetics there so I could be more equipped uh, to serve in that way. But it, it really started with the modeling of other people, like really holy families, people who were working in full-time ministry, who were living a vibrant life, um, that their children were a part of what they did, and everything flowed out of their vocation, and it was just really inspiring to me. I would say some of the most difficult questions have come when people that I'm accompanying, I can see the real parts of their life that they're struggling with. And sometimes they become very disappointed in their experience in the church because either the pastor doesn't understand or they've been hurt by somebody in the church. And it and it becomes so complicated because they start to question, is this the church that I really belong to? Do I feel like I belong here? And navigating those questions with people can be very challenging. But at the same time, this is the real stuff, you know, that I don't want to be afraid of navigating with people. Because these are the questions that are that are going to cause us to run away or go deeper with God. And what I found is that every time that we continue to press into those questions and bring them before God, um, that there's a deeper life to be found there. Well, there is a lot of people that I look up to in ministry for different reasons. There's, you know, Father Dave Pavanka, I love his preaching and his passion. Um, Peter Herbeck, I love that he has like this wide vision of the church and how the Holy Spirit is moving in the church. Um, I love Sister Miriam and Michelle. I love their authenticity. And and that's one of the things that drew me to both of them. I love how real they are. They just (laughs) cut the crap and they get right to the point. And and they have a lot of joy in living that as well. And of course, there's giants that I look up to. Pope John Paul II was super inspiring to me, um, particularly in how engaged and joyful he was with people. Uh, I, I loved that about him, and I loved his commitment to not live a mediocre life. And that's something that's inspired me significantly in my own, um, in my own journeying. But for the most part, I look up to people that have a way of living their faith in a really authentic way, and that it's totally intertwined with everything they do. There's no separation between their faith and, and life. Okay, if I could wave a magic wand and change anything about the ministry I do, it would be that I could live in the same location as all my favorite people so that we could work together. It is one of the hardest things is to be separated from people that I love. And in particular, I love working with teams. I love being a part of a team. And although there's many things that I do on my own with speaking and leading worship, it's it's really not my preference to do that. I can do it, but I would much rather work with the people that I love and collaborate and feel like we're all bringing our gifts to the table. So that magic wand, it would be like a beam me up Scotty and I could go anywhere uh, in the country to be with the people that I love. Something that people may not understand about the work that we do is that we really are, one, uh, living out the calling that God has put on our heart, that that's what we're really trying to do. But but secondly, the thing that people most people wouldn't see is that it really is coming from a place of wanting to help renew the church, especially in the ways that we feel like the church is 
has been suffering, and not because it's the church, but the people within the church. And we, you know, I think that that's where it can become a misunderstanding a little bit, is that my love for the church is so great, it's hard to put into words. And and I also recognize that it's full of people who have brokenness. Um, and the work that we do is all about our deep belief that we don't have to operate out of our brokenness, that we have a God who can heal and restore and change us so that we are fully alive and bringing our best to the table. And, and that's what I desire for the church and people within the church is to fully live out who they are and who God created them to be and not let their brokenness become not just a hindrance for them, but a hindrance for other people in particular. So I have a huge heart for leaders in the church, for forming leaders, working with leaders, helping them work through some of their issues so that the impact that they have on people is really great. You know, there's this phrase that says, um, this quote that says, hurt people, hurt people. <laughs> they will they will continue to hurt people. And at the same time, free people will free people. And and I truly believe that, that the more that our hearts are, are set to be free, to truly love and be loved by God, um, that we can have that same impact on other people. One mistake that I keep making that impacts me, the work I do, and and it ends up hurting me, is that I have a really hard time asking people for help. I I never want to burden anyone. I, I never want them to feel like helping me is a burden. This comes from a lot of, you know, old wounds in my life. And so uh, I find it really hard to ask people for help if I feel like it might be a burden to them. So even with my mother, who I'm super close with, I can just say to her, Mom, if I ever ask you to watch the kids and you can't, please just be honest with me and tell me no. Because if I ever felt like it was a burden to you, that would just that would just crush me. So um, what I found is that when I don't ask for help and when I let that fear of being a burden uh, hold me back, then I end up taking on too much and it just crushes me. The weight of it crushes me because I know ultimately I'm not meant to do everything on my own and I really can't. Um, but I seem to keep making that same mistake and it's just out of, you know, the response to my own fear and letting that take over. Uh, and then I become overwhelmed and, um, and I've done too much, you know, so... One of my hardest days in ministry was uh, a meeting that I, I was working at a church and I had a meeting with the person who was supervising me and uh, they ha- have really wanted me to be more engaging, more outgoing with everybody that that was in the congregation. And that's something that's so hard for me because I'm a really shy person. Like if I, I lead worship all the time and sometimes for a couple thousand people, but if you asked me to do karaoke or something, I would just about die. Like I just cannot do it for some reason. Um, when I'm worshiping, I can just go into a different mode of prayer and be able to stand there. So engaging with people in a really dynamic way is not really my gift. So although this was something I was trying to grow in, um, the supervisor just ended up really, it was so disruptive, the conversation, because they were yelling and, and they were angry. And at the time, I wasn't able to see that that was some of their stuff mixed up. And it just it just came across so personally to me. And as a result, I ended up changing how I did things there. And I wasn't truly being myself. And, um, and I learned a really hard lesson that way because eventually it got to the point that I felt so burdened and in a time of prayer, I felt like God revealed to me that 
that I really was being unfaithful to him because I wasn't truly ministering in an authentic way. And so I, what I did was I made a decision that day that I was just going to bring who I am to the table. And I felt like God had said to me, you know, Heather, I know who you are. I know what your strengths are, but I know what your weaknesses are. And I've called you here with your strengths and weaknesses for a reason. And I need you to be faithful to me. And the second that I did that and let go of expectations, the ministry that began to happen was it was hard to put into words how much fruit began to happen. People were being so impacted. And it wasn't because of me. It was just because I actually wasn't getting in the way. <laughs> and it was just a huge lesson for me of that that hard day and that hard moment um, being turned into something that was really beautiful. And that's really what I believe God wants to do with us is that even when we make mistakes and even when we fall into, you know, not truly living out who we are, that he can change that and still make beautiful things out of it. My best moments in ministry are usually the ones that I am together with people that I love and we're ministering together. For example, on the women's retreat, I, I do an annual women's retreat and when Sister Miriam and Michelle and other people on the team come up, I just take a deep breath of relief when they arrive and it just becomes easy. For most people, an event would start and that would be stressful. <laughs> That's when everything you know ramps up and they start getting more stressed out. For me, I just take a big sigh of relief because I know that I don't have to do it all that they are going to bring their gifts to the table and they're going to rock it in their area. And I just need to do my area, the thing that God has gifted me to do. And I don't have to do their part. I can just sit in the ease of the lane that I'm in and that God has called me to be in. And those are my favorite moments in ministry, moments where people are bringing their collaborative gifts. A table is set for people to encounter God and real dynamic encounter happens in those moments. I think the thing that I would tell my younger adult self is to to not take on so much. I think self-reliance is one of those things that I have struggled with for a long, long time, and I didn't realize how much it was hurting me and affecting me until I was in my 30s. It was just sort of a mode I was in. It was, you know, we call it strong mode, <laughs> my husband and I, because it was so familiar. I would just go into this mode of like, I can do it. I can handle it. I'm capable. I can tackle all of these things and um, I can take care of everybody. And I would just take so much on my shoulders. And I realized that essentially I was trying to be God. <laughs> and and I got crushed by the weight of trying to be God because I'm not God. And so I think what I would tell my younger self is to just take it easy. You know, take it easy, breathe. It's okay. And it's not all up to you. You know, bring people into your world um, to help you and you don't have to do it all on your own. I think the last time I had my breath taken away was... Uh, just a couple months ago, there was a sunset over this mountain that's near my house called Mount Baker. And uh, it was just so beautiful. I, I've i realized that beauty and pausing to receive beauty is essential for my well-being. And I've been almost training myself in a way to notice, you know, to not rush by those moments. And the more that I do that, the greater the impact is, you know, the more that I live that out. And so 
this sunset was just hitting the mountain and it was pink and it was just gorgeous and it just took my breath away. The thing that I'm most proud of in the work that we do is that it's real. It's authentic. It's coming from a real place. Um, it's over the years, uh, because of our own journey and recognizing areas of weakness and brokenness, um, it has been stripped of <laughs> most of the things that that uh, could be in there, you know, like just pride or um, wanting to be noticed and all of those things that, you know, it's it's really gotten down to the nitty gritty. It's real and it's authentic and it's coming from uh, a real place that has been lived out in my daily life. And, and I am proud of that. <laughs>